Hi, I'm Delaney Gustafson. And I'm Stephen T.T. Taylor, and the extra teaser for Extra Talent. <laughs> this is the Ruby's UU Corner podcast, where we hope many of you are listening because... This week we're deep diving on season one, episode four, A Good Man, which begs the question, two things. First... Is this going to be an episode where after you get to know them, the good man doesn't sound so good anymore? Like, Ooh. you know, never meet your heroes. And second, <sighs> is there a bad man episode? <laughs> not yet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is it called like and it's not Genghis Khan guy, or Guy uh, Fox or <laughs> nope. something? We, we don't do odes to uh, dictators and genocidists. And is that the proper word for that? Genocidist? Yeah, it ought to be a word. It if ought it's to not. be a word, yeah. But because, well, maybe it shouldn't because we don't actually want those. I mean, yeah, we don't want that to be a thing. But um, yeah. it would be good to have an accurate word to describe these people who are horrible. So anyway, on, on that the- note, just <laughs> just suffice this to say, if you ever play games with memes of dictators, I like memes of dictators. Moving on. So <laughs> I feel like this is yes. always how we begin our <laughs> We're gonna get into Meyer about dictators here. So <laughs> no. let's. Let's talk about the songs. We already talked about love a decent amount, Last which week. is on this episode. Um, so, yes, because you play in it. Yep. As a little recap, if anybody skipped that episode. Yep. So if you want to hear me play, go listen to Love. Yay. Um, so one of the things I was wondering as we got ready for this episode, you know, we're following up like Halloween. Mm-hmm. Later in the season, we're getting to Christmas. You know, some that are a little more obvious of how you could have come up the set and the mm-hmm. yeah, direction. Can you tell us a little more how you came to this theme? Because I know there's a timing thing with this one as well. Yes. So this wasn't an accident to have a good man at this point in the season because this episode happened on November 5th, which also happens to be the day that we are recording this, ironically. Been a nice two years since then. Um, But this is actually my dad's birthday. So um, he, as I've talked about before, is no longer with us. Um, He passed away. And so I wanted to mark the day. Um, I knew I was going to, in some ways, need to. I love him. I want to sing songs about him. I wrote songs about him. He's a big part of my life. And so a good man, it just kind of seemed natural to um, put some of these songs together. And it also so happens that the other good man seated beside me is also born in the wonderful Scorpio month of November. So I just kind of uh, sandwiched the two of you guys together, celebrated you both at once. And I mean, there were plenty of love songs to choose from. So... That's what I did. And that is why, in this episode, there are four songs for the first time in Ruby's Corner. And I believe the only time in season one. Yeah, so Ballpark, Delaney, do you have a number? How many love songs in your repertoire? How many have you written? <laughs> We're talking like 40? Ooh, at this point? Um, so, okay, like if I, if I were to give you a little insight into the number of songs that I would consider like done that I have written, there's probably about 70 minimum that I would claim. Okay. And at least half of those probably have to do with either love of like a significant other or love of another person in your life, such as is noted in Lilies and Lace later on, which is the song that is about my dad. And so I guess if you were to just narrow it down to like classic love songs, it's probably about a third. Just for the listeners, this is not me trying to say like Delaney wrote like 25 songs about me. She hasn't. Uh, <laughs> I promise. Whether they were written about him or not, they do apply. Most of them. Yes. Now they're not in all, that category. Not all about me. I'm not fishing for that. Just 
just need to put that out there because now that I'm going back to that question I asked, it could sound like that. So let's move yeah, on. It's okay though, because it is a good it's a good point though that I do uh I like writing songs about you. Well, and it is true, at risk of tooting my own horn. Mm. You know, there are the like the song My Fidelity, I know specifically yes. you wrote that an amount of time that's meaningful in our relationship. Exactly. That's about me. And you. Yeah, for our first anniversary. That's what I wrote it for. Maybe part of it was because I was like, well, I have never done this whole anniversary gift thing before, but this is something I know how to do. And I think we talk about it a little bit in the, the episode. Um, so if you've listened to the episode where it's kind of like that first year of our marriage, I kind of mentioned, you know, like it was a difficult year, but I feel like classically people say that it's like difficult to adjust to the person that you're like getting married to and like living with or something for the first time. If that's like your reality. Um, I know that's not how it happens, the order that it happens for everybody, but either way, like there's some new things about your relationship after you get married. And so um, contrary to what some of, the strangers we knew uh, all too pushly suggested it really actually wasn't you who made it hard at all. It's actually quite the reverse. It was everything outside of our relationship that made it hard. So um, I didn't mention in the uh, last in the episode, I believe, that there were like family crises that were going on. I did mention full-time school and paying bills as young undergrads, but there were a lot of things you know in the world. Um, that happened and uh yeah yeah in summation though i really needed you that year and so i was very happy that we had each other and that's why i wrote the song and so it appears here as the first song of the a good man episode do you and remember if, the if first I... time i played it for you yeah so if i remember it was like i had not heard you do it at all so it was very Ooh, much surprised that you had sneaky. written this song i i believe that's the case yes it's been what, seven and a half years now, I guess. Mm. Uh, not quite, but, you know, close. Yes. Um, His math is good, y'all. So it's been a while, but I believe Delaney surprised me. You you surprised me when you wrote this song and played it the first time for me. And mm. I really liked it right off the bat. Mm. So it was nice to hear it again. Even though it's actually different, the version you performed here is different than the original version you That's played. That's fair. Like a, like a Good Man, which we're going to hear about Ooh, in just a yes. second. Yes, So there's, there's a few tweaks. Like My Fidelity... I know you were you were doing little tweaks mm -hmm. on like some of the repeated parts and how the verses like, actually I think. yeah how the verse ends mm -hmm. um, so that that was kind of incremental over time but good man it was right up to the wire right before you were performing it for the first time right yeah I mean my fidelity I mean it was probably uh, two verses that I changed but I changed it to be some of my favorite lyrics that are in that song now and I feel like they're still in the same spirit as the words that I wrote when I performed it for you. Um, like for instance, the last verse, uh, I really like this lyric. So when despair is what you find, share yours, cause it's also mine. And that is like the same idea that was in the original verse. I don't have the original lines available I'll to me. i just throw it away while don't you? <laughs> well, it's like, once you figure out that something's better, it's like, oh, well let's just pretend that that was it the whole time. I mean, in some cases, but. <laughs> for the record, I there actually were parts I liked um, yes. that you don't do anymore. Oh, um, so I probably maybe I gave it to you then. I don't know. No, and they actually aren't in those lines <laughs> at all. It's just the the way you end a verse. So mm. we don't have to argue about it. <laughs> we we're okay. We're uh, not gonna have uh, group therapy on our podcast right now. All, all I will it's say fine. is there's so many. <laughs> one of the great things about a lot of Delaney songs is there are actually multiple versions that you you sometimes will alternate between. It's true. Uh, and a lot of your songs have had an improvisational quality, like especially prior to Ruby's mm. uh, Corner. 
there are a lot where you would do it one way one time, do it another way another time. Yep. Um, and I think that's one of the things I love about my fidelity. Uh, like the the number of refrains after mm. the final verse ended or final yeah. chorus ended, that kind of stuff. That um, was actually a challenge, actually nailing something down that I felt wasn't going to be <laughs> possibly really bad. The the bridge you're talking about, the instrumental bridge part of sorts. Oh, no. No, not even that. Oh, okay. Well, there is a section right after the second chorus that I would normally just kind of improvise. Impro wow, I can say words. Improvise. Improvise. There we go. But for the show, I didn't want it to be spur of the moment because the nerves are high enough as it is. And sometimes it comes out sounding really great. And sometimes it's kind of meh. And so I just decided to write something or memorize something. And I may have messed it up, actually. But I guess it's because I'm not used to it being memorized. So there you go. But a good man, yes. Serious rewrites. Yeah. Two days before? One yeah, day before? 48 hours maybe to really rewrite that one. I think I rewrote the second verse. I rewrote the third verse. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. us more? How did that come about? Like, <laughs> So I was practicing it and I was trying to memorize it. And I realized that in memorizing it, I had written a bunch of phrases that sounded almost identical to each other. Um, that were not supposed to be. Because in the verse, I wanted a little bit more variation than in something like a chorus. And so as I'm playing through it, I just remember going, great, this is not done. This needs to be fixed now. And so <laughs> I was like, cool, challenge accepted, let's go. And this needs to be good because it's the title song. This is also, I believe, the first episode that is titled after one of my songs. So it needed to be good in my mind. <laughs> so. That's what I hopefully did. So <laughs> I liked it a lot more after it was done, um, both because it was done and because um, it was better. I thought I thought a lot of the uh, devices within the verses and little changes from chorus to chorus. And my absolute favorite line actually is, um, a good man shared his good and grew it and hasn't stopped since. And I believe that came about then, actually. So... Note to the wise, sometimes even when it's good, it's not done. Well, and it is interesting comparing some of these songs you wrote over years, like mm. some of the ones we've talked about the last few episodes, versus mm -hmm. the ones that you wrote pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, or rewrote pretty quickly. I mean, My Fidelity is kind of an example of that. I wouldn't say it was as long as something like the later songs, like Downpour, for example, that is literally like 12 years old now, where these songs have had sometimes more than a decade to really ripen so i was going to ask about that from a performance standpoint too mm. because here you have both my fidelity and good man you had never performed before other than like you had played them yeah. for me yeah right yeah and maybe um, a couple of friends maybe but never a group no like, never a group public setting yeah so that was new um i mean i was starting to get used to it in the live stream i think just that it was so much like being alone and practicing even though there were people watching but i was starting to understand like, oh, okay, I can kind of transport myself into a place where it feels like I'm just playing for me, especially if I had practiced like I was practicing by this point. Is there anything different though, playing these songs you never have performed publicly versus something like uh, Lilies and Lace, which mm. you had performed so many times in public yeah. settings? That's a good contrast. Um, yes, definitely in that case where you know, there's some kind of nervousness about like, how will they feel about this one? Even if you feel like, you know, with a good man, I've 
put all these extra hours into writing. I mean, that definitely added some stress going like, well, I hope they don't go, you shouldn't have rewritten it or something. But I... If they are, then they're the bad man. <laughs> Check yourself, right? Or um, woman. <laughs> all. All. It's not it's a not guy-girl guy girl thing. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it was very different in that case to play the songs that had not been heard by an audience before, but also exciting. You know, you, you hope that people will receive it really well, and maybe they'll receive it as well as something like Lilies and Lace, which is classically and provenly, one if of, that's a word, uh, one of my absolute fan favorites. So Yes, totally. For those who don't know the context, when Delaney has had brackets of uh, fan favorite songs we on social it, uh, media. call it Music March Madness. Yeah, Musical March Madness. Lilies and Lace always arrives, rises to the top. Yes. Um, I think the only one that gave it a run for its money was Finding Again. And then there were some really hard rounds once about uh, Not Far Away at All, which is very much the same concept uh, yeah, of the song. Yeah, a similar message. Yeah, but Lilies and Lace still won because it's just, I don't know, it's been around longer. It's deeper. It's, it's in there with the fans. It's an OG, beautiful morning love kind of song. And I do just want to throw this out there, like listen to the podcast, but also you should check out the uh, Just Say version of Lilies and Lace, which is a a really great performance. Like later in the show, you'll hear me Mm -hmm. playing the cello solo on Lilies and Lace. Yes, I'm so And I did it okay, but uh, the the version on uh, Just Say is really a really great performance and uh, very worth going to listen to, which does not feature me. Kelly Mickelson's the cellist. She is an amazing cellist uh, from the Roanoke Symphony Orchestra, and she very lovingly helped uh, me and my mentor, Mark Melberger, who wrote the cello part for that particular version. Um, And it's beautiful and just such a perfect compliment to the song. Also, the cello is amazing as an instrument. So yeah, check out that one, but also check out Stephen playing it because I like both. Yay. Listen to all the versions. Yes. But maybe not all at once because you might not want to hate yourself like that. <laughs> Bring now, yourself a box of now Kleenex. Now I really want to try listening to all of them at once. <laughs> it's going to be see. like 15 minutes of like solid no, 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 tears. No. I mean literally at once at the same time <laughs> oh. and just see how synchronized they are. Uh, we don't even know what tempo we planned on it's it. It's always maybe. pretty close. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, weird. I have an experiment for later. If you want to join me, maybe I'll live stream it <laughs> and you, you can experience it with me. We'll put it in the show notes if it happens. There we go. <laughs> there are genres of music that are weirder than listening to three different recordings of a song at the so same time. Fair. So back to sort of the context of Lilies and Lace, which you had performed many times. And again, knowing that you programmed this mm-hmm. on Dad's birthday. Yes. Um, how does that affect like the performance experience for a song like this? You know, sometimes it's difficult to go into a place like that and share it with people. But at the same time, that's kind of what this song always is for me. But I'm actually really glad that I got to play this one that day because it felt like marking more of it for me. And I feel like uh, the performances are more genuine uh, or easily genuine, at least on those days. I mean, I've definitely ugly cried during the singing of this song to myself before. And so that was kind of what I was crossing my fingers would not happen <laughs> on the live stream. Even though I know that those moments can be so tender and so like beautiful to us as humans because we like relate to it because nobody has lived who's not going to lose someone. 
it's relatable. We understand sadness. We understand wanting to be together with the people that we love, especially when this was recorded, as we've mentioned before, hashtag COVID, you know, like there were so many of us that even if we weren't physically departed from each other, we were physically apart from each other. And so there was something about like, I will one day be with you again. And that is so easily relatable, was so easily relatable at this time in this song. And so I think that's part of what makes this particular performance um, exceptional. It's just the context, the message, the timing, and yeah, the personal uh, story for me as I'm singing it and playing it and why I wrote it. Well, again, nice to be able to record this two years later to the day. Yeah. So happy birthday. Yay. Happy birthday, Dad. So last thing um, I was going to ask if I can remember now. Um, this puts uh, puts you halfway through the season or more, right? This is this is the halfway point? Two-thirds through the season at the end of this episode. Two-thirds. Wow. Yeah. My math's wrong. So coming toward the close. <laughs> It feels like we, we, we're peaking in some cases, though, so maybe we need to end because, I mean, you just got out there and played violin. That was awesome, just getting to, like, share the space with you and play another love song. You know, you get the one that's about Stephen, our first anniversary, and then you get one about Stephen that's all about, like, how great he is, and then you get one about my dad and how great he is, and then we just tap it off with another one about how great love and you and all of the things are, and then you get to play violin on top of it, and it's just kind of like a like a showstopper, I feel like, so... Well, now I'm uncomfortable, <laughs> but thank you. You're welcome. I love you. For reference, for those who are listening, we're really tired today <laughs> when we're recording this. It's been a full week. It has. <laughs> so let me just ask this then. Uh, episode four out of six. You're yes. coming toward the end of the season. Mm. Uh, checkpoint. Can you remember anything about how you were feeling about the season at this point? You know, you just did this longest the episode with the most music yet. You brought in another performer. It was happened to be me. Mm -hmm. um, what what was your your kind of gut sense of hey, how is this going at this point? That's a great question uh, with a great answer actually, which is that more and more people were starting to watch, uh, which was really encouraging to me. Uh, I think we doubled the number of people who watched on this episode alone, which I, I have to credit Steven and his appearance for a little bit because we definitely said like, yo, Steven's gonna be on this time. So we were becoming more of a band and I think this was becoming a regular place for people. I remember getting messages from sometimes friends from high school that I hadn't talked to in a number of years because I hadn't lived in the same city as where I, I, I'm from Portland, Oregon originally, and I now live on the East Coast. I'm in North Carolina, so hadn't seen them in the flesh in a while. And I mean, COVID, you're not gonna run into anybody anyway. But these people were suddenly showing up and watching my shows and saying, this is what I'm doing every Thursday night from now on. Can you please keep doing them? And so at this point, if you didn't know, if I didn't tell people this before, I was starting to plan on a second season um <gasps> gasp <I know. laughs> so uh i i did start putting that together around this time just the bare bones talking to some of the artists who were helping do things for me on social media to advertise and everything and very behind the scenes hush hush yes we're doing another season but i was so, excited about it for those of you in the showbiz this is like uh the term is uh <laughs> got renewed for a second season that's right that's right the network picked us up again yep, so yep. <laughs> i was the network I was like, mm, yes, we need to uh, 
bleed this cash cow. Let's do this. Because, you know, we were making so much money doing this for free. And for the record, there are other shows that should be canceled after the first season. Yep. And some that should not. Which hopefully this one falls under the category of. I'm, I'm, I believe so. Whether yes, you agree I, with me or not. I agree. This was so. worth another season or Yay. two in this case. So. That's right. That's the reality. So, um, But yeah, so that's kind of where we were left off at after this episode. The next episode, well, maybe I should preface this by saying at the end of the original live unedited version of this episode, the end was actually technically spoiled a little bit. At the end, we actually asked people to start responding about plans for the next episode, which is a at your request episode. So I posted during the live stream, a visual of a list of songs that people could pick from for me to do the next show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the sound was not set up to continue during all of that. So Steven's standing behind me. He's got his violin. We just finished playing Love, and we're talking about the next episode, having all this great quippy banter, and of course our microphone isn't on (laughs) because I pulled up this graphic and it didn't have the microphone underneath it. So if you watch the video, that's why it suddenly goes mute and there's literally no dialogue after that. We weren't fighting. It wasn't a technical glitch on like Facebook side or anything. It was just a poor setup on my part. There, there was like another one of those updates. I think I mentioned about the Halloween episode that happened <laughs> literally moments before the show. Um, I had a note in here to myself about, um, did anything go wrong at this episode? And I, there's a huge yes <laughs> right before the episode. <laughs> so um, I like to think that it's not palpable to anyone in the audience. But if you were like, something seems off, might have been that. As we noted in the episode, that's how you can trust that we weren't lip syncing. There you go. Next time we'll be talking about what was picked by our fabulous viewers and followers. Have to talk about those next time. So make sure that you come in. Next week we will have that episode so you'll find out what all the songs are before we talk about them. But make sure you listen to At Your Request, episode five the penultimate episode of season one of Ruby's Corner. And if you have a request for things you want us to talk about on this podcast, and it's about dictators, don't (laughs) send us the request. Don't send us that request. But uh, if you have other things you do want us to talk about, just at us on social media. Or Or invite me to your podcast where you talk about dictators, because I would love to participate and share all my thoughts on them. He is a great podcast host slash guest. So... And I do love to talk trash about dictators. (laughs) And on that wonderful happy note, we bid you good night. Six Semper Two Honest. Love you, people. Bye. Bye.